What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Senek, and today I am joined by a very special guest, a graduate from Columbia University and my high school, Hackley. Uh, he is NFL Network's national insider, Ian Rappaport. What's up, man? How's it going? It's going good. Happy to have you today, Ian. I've been trying to have you on for uh, a while, it seems. You're a busy, busy guy to get on, but um, very happy to have you here today. And, um, you know, the NFL right now, it's been the craziest offseason I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just been absolutely nuts. And I mean, there's still a lot of unresolved situations, it seems. And I'm going to start today off by, uh, by talking about Debo Samuel. I mean, he's kind of one of the main superstars who still hasn't been traded, obviously, post-draft. Now, it seems unlikely that any might get traded. The situation's kind of up in the air. So what do you think right now is the current situation with Debo Samuel? Do you think, you know, he'll still end up getting traded before the season starts? Or do you think, you know, next season he's going to be a San Francisco 49er? Well, it's May 26th as we tape this, and he still has not shown up to OTAs. Uh, mandatory minicamp is the first time we may actually see him. And then even if we do, you know, I don't imagine he'll do anything, but um, that's the time when we may actually see him. And, you know, if he's going to be in the 49ers building, even if he's just sort of doing a hold in where he doesn't, you know, do any of the drills or do any practices, he's at least there. And at that point, the 49ers can talk to him. So that would be at least a significant step. Um, He, as you mentioned, has not been traded. You know, as you the reason the draft kind of functions as a de facto deadline for a lot of these trades is because if you're going to let's say you're going to trade for Debo Samuel, well, you want to replace him. If you, if, if you trade Debo Samuel, you want to replace him. You want to do, you know, I would say basically what the Tennessee Titans did, which was trade A.J. Brown and then draft Traylon Burks, a carbon copy to basically take his spot and replace him. And then that's, that's that. You've moved on. With the draft so far away now, the 49ers couldn't move on because there's nothing to move on to. Um, so really now it's on the 49ers to figure this out, to see if they can get him back in the fold, back in the mix, on the same page with them. I don't know if they can. It is a long road ahead, um, but this is when they're going to start trying. Yeah, so Debo Samuel, obviously, you know, this whole thing started with him looking for, you know, an extension. It it seems like, you know, maybe he just wants to leave. But obviously there's a lot of other guys who, you know, they're still looking for extensions, specifically at wide receiver. Obviously, you've got Terry McLaurin, you've got the UK Metcalf. But looking at, you know, all the young superstars as a whole right now, who do you see as likely the next big star that you think will get their contract extended? Um, you know, I know that, you know, Washington commanders have had talks with, with Terry McLaurin about a new contract. That's something that, you know, you got to get, got to get the numbers right. And the numbers for wide receivers have gone up, up and like to a place where, you know, I don't think any of us really saw this coming. Um, you know, if Washington can get up there, I would imagine they could get this done. Uh, and then, you know, Seattle with DK Metcalf is another, They'd love to get him done. Um, that is a priority for them. But again, like it's expensive. And, you know, the way the wide receiver market has evolved, it's actually really clear now. Like it feels like it's hard to get deals done because the money's a lot, but it's actually clear because there's so many different receivers who are, you know, in the 20 plus million dollar range, everything's well-defined. So you figure out what kind of receiver, let's say DK Metcalf is. You say, we're going to pay you, here and it's not that hard they just they just have to get there for that to happen 
another name that, you know, I feel like I've kind of talked about it on the podcast before as a name that, I, you know, I'm really surprised the situation's not been resolved. Lamar Jackson, I mean, he is, you know, you look at the quarterbacks right now that haven't been extended. You really have him and Kyler Murray as the main two superstars right now that are in that range. But Lamar Jackson, obviously, I believe he's this year, is his, he's playing on the fifth-year option this year. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of crazy. A player of his stature, and a, you know, former MVP, Still hasn't been extended. You hear Jim Harbaugh the other day saying that, you know, it's, you know, Lamar's the one that has to do the talking. He's not going to say anything about it. So what exactly right now is the contract situation with Lamar and the Ravens? Um, And, you know, do you think a deal will eventually get done? Well, for a deal to get done, he would have to want it to get done. And I think that's what's so fascinating about the situation is he hasn't made any moves toward getting a deal done. He just kind of hasn't. I mean, they've talked. They have a good relationship. Everybody loves Lamar. He's a great guy. He works hard. A lot of good things. Just hasn't seemed that interested in getting a contract, which, you know, runs opposite, I would say, to what most most players are, are dying to get one, right? I mean, Kyler Murray wants one yesterday. Lamar, you know, if he's going to do this, it really seems like he's going to go franchise tag, you know, fifth-year option, franchise tag, franchise tag, and then be a free agent. And, you know, if you trust yourself, if you have faith in yourself like that and have faith you're not going to get injured, you can do it. The money will be there. He will make $60 million. I mean, a lot. If Lamar Jackson gets on the open market, he will make a lot of money. It's a big risk to get there. And, you know, it seems at least now that it's one he's willing to take. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, that whole situation is fascinating. I can't really remember. I mean, obviously we've seen – Guys like Tom Brady hit the open market, but, you know, he was in his later years. We haven't really seen a guy, you know, who's in their prime in their mid-20s, uh, former MVP hit the market. I think it would be fascinating to see what would happen with that. Um, the closest we've had is Kirk Cousins, and yeah. I would say he's good and a, a no-doubt starting quarterback in the NFL, but not yeah, not Lamar Jackson. Exactly. Uh, so that will be very interesting to see. You know, it could be, like you said, you know, a few years from now until that thing gets ultimately resolved. Um, looking at that same draft class, number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield, obviously um, another guy right now whose situation is, is truly in limbo, obviously still in the Cleveland Browns. You know, there's reports um, that, you know, the Browns would be willing to eat some of the salary in order to trade him. Um but the market, I mean, post-draft, you obviously see the Panthers go. You know, they draft Matt Corral, the Falcons draft Desmond Ritter. Maybe Seattle's still a team. But, I mean, what do you think? Do you think Baker Mayfield will still be traded by week one? And, and if so, what teams do you think are still in on him at this point? Well, it's never felt like Seattle's really in. Uh, I know we've talked about it kind of in the media, but it's never felt like they're really in. So let's just say for the sake of this argument, they are not really in. That really leaves the Panthers as a starting opportunity. I mean, you know, if you're the Falcons – you got Marcus Mariota and you got Desmond Ritter. I mean, that's, that's yeah. probably what it's going to be. It's really just the Carolina Panthers where you have Sam Darnold and who knows. And, you know, if Donald comes out, let's say during OTAs and picking up the system, looking great, like you may not need to do it. Um, if Darnold is not great, then maybe the Panthers are, right, we're going to up our offer. We got to get this done. Maybe it gets done. Which um, going to be kind of the wild card here is Deshaun Watson's possible suspension. If he gets suspended, and we don't know now if he's going to, but if he gets suspended, let's say he gets eight games. Isn't Baker Mayfield the best quarterback for the Cleveland Browns over those eight games? 
Like when, and I know it'd be hard for him. He would have to swallow a lot of pride. He'd have to, they'd have to make nice. There's, there'd be a lot that would have to happen a lot, but it gives them the best chance to win. And if you're a Baker, like, you know, you want to create value for yourself, you know, starting the Browns off like six and two, you know, that gives your career a little boost. Definitely. I think that situation is, uh, I'm very curious to see that, especially post-draft. I mean, I thought, I thought one of those teams would trade for him. So I think, you know, being, it's kind of crazy. I mean, this guy, you know, looking back to a few years ago when the Cleveland Browns obviously made the playoffs, beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs, you know, it seemed like he was the franchise guy. And then all of a sudden, I mean, a complete 180. It's crazy how the NFL really works. And I mean, that kind of transitions to my next question. I mean, this off season, we saw a lot of that craziness, obviously, um, you know, I, I don't even, it's hard to list it all off really. I mean, it's, you've probably been as busy as you've ever been. So um, in your opinion, I mean, what do you think was the most sh- truly shocking move that was made this off season? Um, you know, it's hard. It's hard to say because, you know, some of them I see coming, some I don't like. I think most people would probably say the Devontae Adams trade. I probably knew about that, that it was potentially happening for a couple of weeks before it happened. So that wasn't surprising. Um, you know, hearing kind of through the grapevine that all was not well with um, Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs, and then boom, he just gets traded, you know, like, that was that was probably the most wild, right? Because there have been no whispers of anything. You know, I find out that morning that he got traded, I find out that, you know, they've been in talks with two teams and he really wants out because of the contract and he wants to go to Miami. And I'm like, I can't believe this. And when I tweeted it, everybody went crazy. Um, yeah. But that was, to me, that was probably the most shocking, but there's been, there's been some shocks. This was quite an offseason. Yeah, it really was. I think for me, if I had to say, it would be um, the Deshaun Watson one for me was crazy because um, my dad's from from Ohio, so he's you know a big Browns fan, and you know you hear the day before that you know the Browns are out. It looks like the Browns are going to be a total mess because Baker Which wanted a trade request. True. You know, it's in, yeah. And then I, so I'm on the golf course. I'm in you know I'm I'm in Florida playing golf. And I look at my phone and I see your tweet and it's like Deshaun Watson is going to the Cleveland Browns. And it's just like, I had to like check the account. I was like, is this fake? I mean, it was just like, it just made absolutely no sense. And it was, I mean, the contract was crazy. Everything about it was just insane. I mean, absolutely insane. Yeah. And and the Browns, you know, the way that happened was, was basically like you said, I mean, he eliminated the day before. I think he felt like, kind of compelled to start eliminating teams. So he's like, I'll oh, just eliminate the Browns because who wants to go to Cleveland? And then he took a look at the, you know, the situation like actually on their roster and was like, they got a good team. They got a good offensive line. They got good weapons. They need to upgrade the receiving core, but then they got Amari Cooper. I mean, they got, they got a good defense. They got good young DBs. They got good, two good pass rushers. That's a good team. And, you know, I think the problem with, you know, the Falcons, Roster's kind of down. Saints, salary cap issues. Roster's good, but salary cap issues. Panthers, coaching situation a little bit in flux. Not a great roster. Browns made sense. You know, he. I mean, I know a lot of talk has been about the contract and all that, which is fine. It's all true. Um, he made a really good football decision picking them. Um, and believe me, 
they were uh, they were probably as shocked as you were because when they were out, they thought they were out, only get a call get a call back. Like maybe we're not out. It was crazy. Yeah. Absolute insanity. Um, all right, so I want to do this um, segment, and then I got one more question with you okay. for you. Um, so it's I've called it contender or pretender. So I have six teams that have been um, you know that have made. Big, big changes this offseason that necessarily aren't considered the, you know, top Super Bowl contenders. And I want you to, you know, in your opinion, say whether they are a, you know, contender or a pretender. Um, So the first team I got is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, You know, I would say probably contender. Um, They were last year. They've done nothing to, you know, haven't got worse. Um, It's just. It's, you know, can the quarterback do it again? I mean, Jalen Hurts is what he was last year. They're in business. If he takes a step back, I think they're in some trouble. All right. Next team, New Orleans Saints. Obviously, the uh, wide receiver core is a lot different. They bring Jameis Winston back. What do you think? I think contenders. Um, I think Jameis will have a good year. I think defensively, they'll be as good as they've been. Dennis Allen's a really good defensive coach. And I think, you know, Peyton – probably wasn't as engaged last year as he needed to be. And that probably hurt them a little bit. Interesting. Uh, Washington commanders. Yeah. I mean, I would say the opposite here because, you know, and Carson Wentz is at his moments, but had some struggles through last year. You know, they seem like a little bit more of a team in transition than the others. Um, So I would say, I guess, pretenders, I would say. Another team, Tennessee Titans, obviously coming off being the one seed. They lose AJ Brown, release Julio Jones. A lot of a lot of changes here. What would you say for them? Um, I mean, I think they're going to be contenders again. Um, they were contenders last year. They were good. Um, you know, they just need good quarterback play. I mean, if Tannehill can get back to what he was doing originally, I think they'll be fine. If not, they may be in some trouble. The next team, I mean, I feel like I know what you'll say, but the Cleveland Browns, obviously. A tough situation if Deshaun potentially gets suspended. I mean, that could, you know, it seems like he'll get some sort of, you know, amount of game. So what do you think for that? Um, I would say contender, but it's going to take a lot because if he's suspended, he'll have to come back, play well for the first time in a year and a half. And they would have to be a playoff team, you know, during his suspension. That's, it's a lot, but I think they could do it. Last team, we just talked about it with Tyreek Hill, the Miami Dolphins, Tua. Um, you hear, you know, Tyreek says he's got one of the best deep balls. Obviously, um, they've got a good roster. What do you think about them? Yeah, I don't know if I'd say they're contenders just yet. Um, I'd like to see them, you know, with Coach Mike McDaniel, new coach, new scheme. He has not been a head coach before, obviously, at any level. Um, so I'd like to wait and see on that one rather than say they're contenders right now. Got it. All right. So um, that's contender or pretender. You heard it here. Um question i want to move away from football to another sport um a team that we both share uh in common our love for the new york mets um i definitely want to ask you i mean it's been a a fun start so far to the season they're 12 games over 500 in first place uh they got a seven game lead obviously um you know it's been a tough little stretch they've had some injuries the nightmare game on whenever that was um i I unfortunately was awake for that it was a, a long night but um I mean, what are your thoughts on the Mets right now? I mean, it's been – it seems like this team really is, you know, a, a different team from, from past years. They've, they've got a lot of fight. It's a good roster, but, you know, yeah. the injury bug's always there. And I don't know. What do you think? Um, 
I, I think they're going to be really good. This feels to me like a special team. Like even if like the other night, you know, down whatever it was seven in the, you know, in the eighth, come all the way back and then end up losing. Like that's not a nightmare to me. That is like, like, yes, they lost the game. They should have lost, but like to fight all the way back, everyone's believing everyone's getting timely hits. That looks like a good team to me. Right. Because like in the playoffs, like half the games are like that. You go up, they go up, you have some swings, you got to have big at bats, big moments. Like, and you know, if the injuries aren't great, you got Scherzer and DeGrom both injured. If they get those guys back in August, July, like we're in business, you know, yeah. get them ready for the playoffs, let them pitch a little bit, take us down the stretch. Like, I think the Mets are really good. And, you know, this feels like really one of those special teams. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I think obviously, you know, if they're going to seriously compete, they they would need DeGrom and Scherzer back. And I, I have faith that they'll be back. Um, yeah. You know, like you said, I mean, the the comebacks they've had this year are crazy. I get, the other day, I guess I should replace, it wasn't necessarily nightmarish, but it was just definitely a tough loss after coming back all the way. But, I mean, yeah, I, I think the team is definitely, I mean, it's good to see a guy like Jeff McNeil be, you know, having a really big bounce back season. Lindor's um, playing great. Alonzo's been amazing. And they've got, you know, all these guys instead of, you know, Conforto, you know, Dom Smith playing every day. They've got, you know, Starling Marte, Mark Cannon. And it definitely makes a difference when, when those guys are in there. Um, I think it's going to be a fun year. I mean, they'll definitely have to, you know, upgrade the bullpen at the deadline and make some moves just as any other team has to. But it's been a great start. And to have such a big lead already is also huge, especially with, you know, them not having their their two main guys right now. So I'm very hopeful. Um as I am every year though. So I'm just hoping this year is, uh, is truly different and, and not like the last for sure. <laughs> I am, uh, I am hopeful as well, always. Um, but yeah, I, I think this year there's a reason for it. We'll see. Definitely. All right. With that, that will do it for this episode of outside the arena. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, Ian. I will link all of your socials below, but I'm sure everyone watching this basically follows them by now. Um, if you haven't already, please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe on the video. And with that, uh, we'll see you on the next episode of Outside the Arena.